has the reality of the ultimate sacrifice. It's so close to home. At our house, he is the known. Sometimes you just gotta use the right thing. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to That VoiceOver Podcast, the show for and about the voiceover industry. I'm Stephen Cox. My guest, Kat Cressida, is a major player in the voiceover world. She's done a ton of animation, including playing the character of Dee Dee in Dexter's Laboratory on Cartoon Network, and she does constant work for Disney. She also does her share of promos, most notably in recent years for the CW and ESPN, and in a huge turn of events. She was recently selected to be the first female ever to live announce ESPN's coverage of the NFL draft. It's a very big deal. Kat Cressida, welcome to that voiceover podcast. <laughs> Thank you. So first off, congratulations on the NFL gig. That's uh, that's huge. Thank you very much. Now, by the time the podcast airs, the uh, draft will have already happened. But uh, tell us a little bit about how you uh, landed the gig. Well, this is one of those weird serendipitous things where, um, and I've been joking about this now for three weeks since I, since I got the gig, because you can put all your time and energy pursuing things that you're passionate about within the voiceover world. And I'm Little Miss Disney Ho, so I'm always you know, have many, many sort of um, kettles in the fire pursuing all that, all the different branches of the Disney world that I'm lucky enough to voice for. And a lot of energy, as you said, in, in animation and blah, blah, blah. And then something will completely blindside you out of left field where you go, how did I end up getting that when I never even thought about it or pursued it or went after it? Or it just kind of seems like it happens that way. Sometimes you put the energy out in right field and something comes around from left field and you go, why me? You do have an affiliation with ESPN. You announced, pardon the interruption for them. Yeah. I mean, yes, I've been very blessed to do that show and I've done a couple of other shows, um, Cold Pizza, which reformatted about a year ago and um, some stuff for Sports Center, and, you know, here and there different different specials for ESPN. But um, these folks who produce the draft are, are the team is quite, huge and um, very high, high, high up, high end in the whole ESPN echelon of things. And Jay, the um, supervising coordinating producer, I guess just has heard my work for a number of years, but he's very separate. What he does is very separate from the stuff that I've done. So again, it's just one of those things that serendipitously he heard my voice just as they were starting to talk about um, changing the way that they were doing. They're rolling it out this year. Um, in a very different way. It's gone prime time as opposed to daytime, three nights instead of two days. And um, then they just decided to change how they did a number of things. And they wanted a very sort of big show feel. And someone said, well, how about, you know, sort of like that Oscar announcer voice. And someone said, no, that's a little too Hollywood, Hollywood-ish, but maybe we'll go not that, not that there's anything wrong with that, but you know, <laughs> just what I mean, you know, it's an amazing d- delivery that Gina does. But yeah, we're um, talking about Gina Tuttle, who has live announced the Academy Awards for the last couple of years. Now, in terms of getting prepared for the NFL gig, I know that there are a lot of uh, foreign players that have made their way into the NFL, particularly some players from Samoa with some very long names. Uh, have you done a lot of work getting prepared for this? Oh my gosh, like you would not <laughs> believe what I have been, <laughs> yes, and the fact that it's live, hello, I mean, we'll see, like you said, this show, this is going to air probably after that, so we'll see what the, but yeah, I got pronunciation guides and phonetic breakdowns and talking to a lot of people who are big college fans, all of who have, you know, come out of the woodwork saying, 
you know, like when I do the animations, they're like, yeah, 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 Disney. But now that I'm doing this, hey, if you want to grab a drink or a cup of coffee, I'll be happy to chat football with you. So um been been getting a real crash course. And weirdly enough, I totally forgot about this because when I got the gig, I was going, man, why couldn't it be baseball? Because I'm such a huge baseball hoe and I love the Dodgers and I love the Yankees. And yes, I love both because I grew up on the East Coast, but now I'm, you know, L.A. But I was like, if this were baseball, it'd be golden. I could do commentary and know exactly what I'm saying. But football, and in the middle of an interview last week, someone said, so I see on your credits that you did Friday Night Lights, the movie. And I was like, oh, my God, that's right. I had to totally cram uh, high school football. Tell us what you did in Friday Night Lights, the movie. Well, that was, yeah, that was the movie directed by Peter Berg. And they... It was very unusual. You know what looping is. I do, but maybe for people who are sort of new to voiceover, give us an idea of what ADR and what looping are. Yeah, so the nutshell of it is that it's, let's say there's a movie, and um, the celebrities have done the foreground scene. They're the they're the main action of the scene. Everybody else in the background, if they're in a restaurant, is mouthing or quietly saying their words because the only dialogue that really matters, of course, is, Julia Roberts and Bradley Cooper, you know, what they're saying. So everybody else in the restaurant is really extras in the background and silence. And maybe the waiter, you'll hear the waiter say something. But after the fact, after they've shot the scene, two things can happen. One, the main mics that were on Julia Roberts and Bradley Cooper, maybe there was a malfunction or a plane went overhead or someone hit the mic or whatever. So then the celebrities have to go in and replace their lines after the fact um, at, on a giant soundstage, profession, totally professionally hooked up. So they replace their own dialogue or someone who specializes in celebrity voice matching, which I do a lot of, will come in if the celebrity is not available and voice match them and fill in the gap of the couple of words or the line or lines that dropped out. The other side of ADR looping is all those people in the background who were paid as extras and not paid as um, day players or anything like that, will a loop group will go in after and fill in all of those little bits and pieces of dialogue. Um, literally, you'll spend, you know, days sometimes putting in all that background dialogue so that then the sound designer can decide just exactly what pieces of sentences will pop here and there and what you'll actually hear in the final movie. That's all part of the sound design. Now then, specifically, what did you do for Friday Night Lights, the movie? So for that one, that was a very special case because Peter Berg, the director, decided that he really wanted um, such an authentic feel that anybody who was going to be part of the loop group, A, had to read the book and know exactly what the characters were about, what happens to the characters, so that the conversations in the background of the movie all pop with those different, you know, um, proper nouns, names of cities, names of streets, names of schools, um, main characters of the movie. So it was very, very authentic to the the source material. And um, we had, and there was call in throughout the movie. There's like a, a DJ. So all of us also had to be, you know, you'll hear me throughout the movie as a as a call in person, and. That's where it really helped to have read the book and to be able to fake your way through talking about football. At least that's what I was doing because you're discussing plays and, oh, my God, I can't believe that actually happened. And, you know, oh, when Bo- when Bogey took that ball, I was just devastated. 
So we had to be improvising all of that stuff. I want to go back and talk about the ADR work that you've done in terms of voice match. You voice matched <laughs> Nicole Kidman, uh, Joan Cusack, Claire Danes. Talk a little bit about how you approached that process. Well, I think, okay, so for the for those who aren't familiar with this, voice matching is different from impersonation in that in impersonation, the goal is to exaggerate and heighten certain characteristics and elements of the celebrity or political figure that you're impersonating to get a laugh. You're trying to make a funny, make a point, and you're going over the top. And it doesn't have to so much be at all accurate as it just has to be funny enough and caricature enough that everybody knows who it is that you're caricaturing, right? Okay, and so stand-up stand-up comedians use that a lot and that sort of thing. Right. Um, a voice match is, is actually can be quite different in that you're trying to trick the ear through sort of an, an audio sleight of hand, I guess is the way. A lot of little bits and clues and hints and Sherlock Holmes and stuff where you kind of put it all together and then you trick the human ear for a few words or a sentence into believing it's actually that celebrity. And the thing is that most people don't realize that the celebrities that they have in their head, the way they really sound is not at all what most people would think of when they think of that celebrity. So, Well, explain what you mean by that. Well, okay, let's take Julia Roberts. When most people picture Julia Roberts, they get like an image of her with that fabulous smile and the gorgeous face and her vivacity and her personality. And they get sort of this image of what she, you know, what she might sound like, what she must sound like. And then when you actually listen to a voice sample of her, it would take you a few rounds to go, oh yeah, that is her. But you don't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily sound like the way that you picture that she sounds because her personality and her looks are different from the voice that matches up to it. She's got a very, very low basato voice, much deeper than you would necessarily think. She's got a lot of texture in there. She talks out of the side of her mouth. Um, she's got sort of a wry side-of-the-mouth delivery. Um, she has very clear sibilant S's, hits her S's very, very smoothly, very clearly. The S's pop a lot more than most celebrities. And she's originally from the South. And therefore... She grew up around Southern flavor, dialect, that sort of thing. She doesn't actually speak with one unless she's doing a role doing that. But that gives her voice a lot of nasality, a lot of natural nasality that you wouldn't necessarily think of when you think of her. Now, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about the work that you do in animation in light of the things that we've just discussed. Um, I know you teach a course on animation, but how do you personally approach creating an animated character? Um, my, my big obsession in my little, you know, boot camp workout at the Voice Casters, the workshop that I teach there, is very much focused on the acting side of it and the character development versus the voice. So a lot, I mean, especially a lot of people who are new to voiceover kind of approach it as, oh, I can make all these funny voices and I've always loved playing with my voice and I've always... Right. Yeah. And I work very hard, um... To, to say, you know, it's not about going, which voice am I going to use? It's about developing the character organically the way that you organically, like Whole Foods Market. No, but no, I think organically is probably an appropriate <laughs> word because I think a lot of people tend to put the cart before the horse in terms of creating a character. Yes. They focus primarily on the voice and build a character around that. Whereas what you're saying is you want to start with the intrinsic emotions first and let the voice come second, right? 
Exactly. And you build the character and I, you know, we do a character profile and you answer all the acting choices they make you do in acting 101 when you go to use, you know, when you go to any college or university or decent, you know, drama program at any high school across the country, first you decide, who am I? Where am I? Who am I talking to? What do I want from them? And what are my emotions? What are my emotional beats? And this is like, again, like acting 101. But a lot of people, especially in their adult years, want to sort of sidestep all of that and and just sort of cut to the chase of how am I going to sound, particularly in voiceover. And on camera, there's the flip side of how do I look? How am I going to look? What face am I going to use? (laughs) What gestures am I going to use? And that's just not, it's not the way I was taught. And I have one of those ridiculously old-fashioned theater training backgrounds from Shakespeare and all that, I was going to say BS, but crap, all Mm. that stuff. And that's kind of how I always approach it is that it's the character first and the voice will naturally follow. Unless, of course, they say something obvious, like she's got a very nasal, high-pitched voice that's annoying or would be annoying if it weren't so adorable or whatever. You know, they actually give you those clues and you've got to go, well, whatever else I do, I've got to be nasal and high-pitched. But, um, you know, or if it's a sound-alike, then obviously your only job is to sound like that person. And as far as how to, the other things along the way are um, what the specs are, of course, what, when you get the piece of copy, what the description of the character is, you take a lot of your clues and hints from what they've actually provided. And then you read the script and then there's maybe more clues in there and that's how you would build the character. And if you're lucky enough to get a piece of animation, you know, a picture along with it, that only supports the choices that you make. Well, Kat Cressida, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the program and for sharing your insights. And also, again, congratulations on the NFL gig. Thank you. Thank you very much. And um, congratulations on all your, your amazing stuff rocking out there in New York. Thank you very much. That voiceover podcast is a co-production of Half Bull and Get Creative, Inc. Thanks for listening. I'm Stephen Cox.